With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Considering the fact that 
the women's tag team division needed to expand. So Ruby Riot invited Liv Morgan to hear her out. And now the Riot Squad back together, folks. Now you have opponents for the next three, four weeks with the Iconic. Or hopefully somebody different. I don't know. Anyway, so McIntyre gets the best of Randy Orton with a war of words. I'm going by the review, folks. I was at my friend's mother's birthday party type thing. Actually, yeah, through Zoom. It was pretty cool. Wayland's mother. You know, that's probably why she's not on the show tonight, folks. So we're giving her the night off. I know she's been here and there, but we work together, right? McIntyre got the better of words with Randy Orton. So let's see here. Orton should have been fired for poor behavior in the past. Orton interrupted, blah, blah, blah. So they're, they're finally getting personal. They're finally getting war of attrition. Not war of attrition. War of words. In other words, folks, they're finally getting their hands dirty and they're allowing them to say how they feel. So we think. McIntyre say that Orton represented everything that is wrong with WWE. Uh, and some could argue that case. Uh, it says Orton had done same the things for young talented men like The Undertaker had done for Orton. It's got a point. Um, in the sense that Orton hasn't helped anyone get to the next level, you know, let's see, most of his matches were with either John Cena, Batista, a few a few good feuds with Hunter that kind of elevated his own career. So McIntyre does have a point. Um, Kevin Owens was confronted backstage by geez, I respect Rick. I think he's a good dude. I just wonder, you know, when when's it gonna be his time to say, I quit, I let go, I'm I'm done. He's tried, folks. He really has. It's just Wrestling is an addiction that no one, unless you've been involved in the business, will understand why we keep coming back. It's not like there's a there's an expiration date on Rick. The man has been through how many decades of wrestling now? Let's see, his 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010. Jesus Christ, that's six decades of wrestling, almost. Is there actually, if you consider how long he's wrestled, that's pretty long. Nia Jax received a suspension. Mm-hmm. That's kind of funny. For striking an official, what a work. Um, so the 24-7 championship skip. <laughs> Sasha Banks versus Shayna Baszler. Again, I don't know why they're protecting Sasha. What fucking for? Sasha's not bad. In ring, she just annoys the other living parts out of me. Because, you know, there is such a thing as you got to lose sometimes, but you got to build them up to be these uber heels. You get it. So it ended up being a no contest. Before that, they were punch Sasha in the jaw. I kind of thoroughly enjoyed seeing that just a little bit. And there's reasons for that, folks. I know it's a work. But if you have any questions about my cynicisms or my criticisms, go to Wrestle underscore Radio on Instagram or Brian Rails or Btrain05000 also on Instagram. Brian Rails at Twitter. You know, at Brian Rails. Let me clarify that. Or Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. And you message us any questions anytime, folks. I got another question. Holy crap. I got five, actually. I'll get to those in just a second. Angel Garza, the Angelo Dawkins, pinfall. So Dawkins was absolutely dominating the match, right? And then uh, Garza got fired up in a lot of offense. That sounds like a baby face. <sighs> did Zelina uh, Vega get involved in this? No. Oh, she did. Let's see here. The ref immediately called the match out with the two the material, medical professionals. Okay, Dawson announced that the doctors that we reported had been poisoned. Zelina Vega and team for a brief brawl. Let's see here. 
a straight match between Ford and Andrade would be tremendous. Crying shame and ended in no contest. Dominic Mysterio took out Seth Rollins and Murphy. So now they're up in the ante with Rey Mysterio's son. I'm not surprised there. Uh, let's see here. Mysterio issued a challenge to Rollins for a match at SummerSlam. I think Dominic might actually be ready, folks. I mean, this may be the actual only optimistic thing I have to say about this show, but let's see. Samoa Joe and doesn't stop the two from pursuing his colleague. Joe does not want to do this. The poor Joe is going, yes, I do. You should keep him in the ring. Dominic slipped him and took him out with a candlestick. Oh, well, this is the only interesting part of the show. Okay. This brings a high level of intensity. Everything Dominic continues to execute as well. So, is Samoa Joe joining a faction again? Because honestly, that would be the... I don't know if they haven't had anything to do with the men in the hoodies, but um, Shane McMahon... Okay. So now we're to the bread and butter of my show. Shane McMahon introduced Raw on the ground and the Hurt Business took over. That's a... That's a that's a different name for a, for a faction. So they took over Baba Kato and renamed Baba Tunde beat up a few guys in a work shoot segment. Erica the Viking Raiders beat up someone on the This tough kid, MT in the herd business eventually blamed Raw Underground and the associated technical glitches for their run of bad luck on the night. So another promo, I'm guessing. Lastly, Cody won a fight before MVP said he won in on the action as well. Took someone out. So Benjamin was up, pummeling the next man up. The hurt business members then jumped into the crowd. And then, big man said, "You've proven your point." And then, we'll let them hang out as long as they like because of Raw Underground. Anything goes. Raw Underground was truly an awful idea. Terribly not adding a single good thing to the show. So, from what I gathered from when I turned it off, folks, I mean, I watched some of it, but now I'm just, I'm hoping and praying against hope that, you know, the WWE is going to find a way to get something going. You know, I, I mean, at least, you know, they're trying, but it seems like they could do a little bit more to get the fans' attention, like, instead of trying to avert our attention with a fight club, maybe we could do a specialty match, like a cage match, where, like, if they have to do that, they have to gig. Yeah. I don't care for color. I just want something different, like, uh, not just a falls count anywhere. You know, Edge and Orton put on a really good match at Mania, folks. You didn't see it. Some of you are bitching about, oh, so, Greatest match ever. Well, I mean, there were a lot of near falls. There were a lot of intrigue in their story that they're trying to tell you. But tonight's show, WWE Raw, especially, you know, very few people want to put out that WWE is just the form of, you know, they're just talking, it's just a talk show, it used to be this when I was a kid. Well, it's hard when you don't have an audience, but I get that. But at what point do we sit here as wrestling fans and say, okay, so you're trying something new and it's not working. Trying too hard... Eh, the key word is trying. So with 46 minutes left, I've got plenty of room to wiggle around with. So ladies and gentlemen, this is the point of the show where if you have children under the age of 18 and it's the lowest the age under the age of 14, the following sub-show of this show, Off the Rails Uncensored, contains expletive language and language that is not to be an appropriate language that is not to be reset by a minor. I mean, there's not going to be language police around here now. I mean, look at look at look at the, what the fuck's going on. Uh, Off the rails uncensored is a copyrighted podcast. It is coined 
off the rails uncensored on March 7, 2016, in a spur of the moment kind of thing. Any reproduction or dissemination thereof or likeness or reproduction of the title off the rails uncensored is punishable by law. And I will get a nice little $45 deposit into my PayPal for every usage of the word off the rails uncensored. Anyway, folks, if you'd like to uh, enter at your own risk, buckle up, motherfuckers, because I believe you're about to enter my mind, which, you know, can be pleasant at times and also kind of chaotic. So um, I can't guarantee that you won't be offended. If you aren't, holy shit, you and I, he, she, I get along. Now, monkeys in the truck, can you please hit my music?
underground league is just as bad as when they had boxing on WWE where actual boxers versus wrestlers like Butterbean. I mean, that's embarrassing. You lose to a guy who looks like your stepfather and could barely, I mean, this dude Butterbean, he's not, it doesn't even look like an athlete and he beat all these WWE superstars like Bart Gunn. And so, the viewership, let's see here. That's not even what I want to see. I want to see what the highest rating. Let's see here. Highest rating in WWE Raw. 8.1. Looking back on the highest rated episode on May 10th, 1999, WWE broadcast an episode that achieved an 8.1 million rating. The show's highest rating ever. Okay, with the low ratings in the show it's gotten in recent years, 8.1 seems like a faraway dream of a number. Well, it got so many fans to watch, and how can we recreate that today? Raw, rock the Orlando Arena, and the world with big names and throwing feuds and intense wrestling. The episode had fans gearing up for Over the Edge. There was a bubbling energy throughout the company. Okay, Kane versus Billy Gunn. Entering promos. Big Show versus Paul Bearer. I don't remember that one. Okay, Deborah versus Sable. Basically, I can't even. Big Boss Man versus Test. Cactus Jack versus Midian and Viscera. Rolling Cool PSA. Okay. Shawn Michaels booked the Lumberjack match. Okay. Da, da, da. Mean Street Posse versus The Stooges. And this is the episode Jeff Jarrett versus Val Venus. Ken Shamrock versus China. Six-man tag team main event. So Stone Cold, The Rock, and Vince versus Shane, Triple H, and The Undertaker. Okay, so I, I like it. Okay. The greatness of this episode is not necessarily about the quality of the matches, but the energy and momentum of the stories. Which, you know, if the right things align and the people who are doing the booking did a phenomenal job of doing so. But now, um, let's see here, it says every match had a purpose and many of them fed into the bigger picture. A few with great depth in various parts. It was particularly a hot night during a hot era. What can WWE learn for their most, from their most successful ratings grabbing Raw? Feuds have to be more complex than wrestler A is angry with wrestler B. They should overlap, be multidimensional, involve several big names. Unpredictably can be gold. So fans don't want to know what's going to happen. So the mid-card has to be valid and given ample airtime. Announcing a long list of matches beforehand can entice fans to stick around for the whole show. You can't recreate this adoration fans had for Rock, Undertaker, and Austin. Their music elicited several explosive reactions every time. What this person is saying in the review is basically stating just by people entering the room. It's, you know, their entrance alone was what did it. Their presence, in other words. Hang on, folks. I didn't want to have the ambulance playing in the background, but, you know, here's the deal. Right now, WWE is in not a rebuilding process, but trying to figure out what's going to captivate the audience. Maybe there should be incentives. I don't know what those incentives would be, but if you notice one area of WWE that seems to be doing well, they're shop. Merchandise is selling well, you ain't got to worry. Because you know, wrestling fans, we're craving live action, we're craving, you know, going to a show, getting a billion dollars fucking worth of concessions, getting title belts, t-shirts, making signs, hearing... Ladies and gentlemen, WWE will go live in 30 seconds. It's the 
ambiance of the night before when you prepare with a friend and you say, I wonder what's going to happen in so-and-so's match. I, being the guy that I am, have accidentally predicted several things for NXT at once upon a time. And now it's just a matter of, okay, who's going to blab tonight on the mic? You know, or who's going to be in the same match they were last week, just different stipulation? That's wrestling, though. And I've, you know, been very critical of this company because why? And third or fourth grade, like, I've watched wrestling when I was little, but I don't recall anything about Hogan or Savage or Andre the Giant or Jimmy Superfly Snooker or the Big Boss Man. I just thought they were big dudes fighting each other. And, you know, I had a few relatives tell me this wasn't real. And then wrestling training came years later. It's a big deal, folks, because it's supposed to be not only entertainment, but it's supposed to be showing you a variety of things, not just one genre of fighting styles. It's not that they're lagging that or lacking that. It's just um, they. I kind of spoke ahead of myself, so they're lacking and lagging in a lot of areas. One of those areas is you want to captivate an audience, you got to keep us in trouble. Like tonight, on tonight's show, we have a main event. You know, it's going to feature so-and-so going to, I mean, that's very old school, but it's, it's giving the fans, like the article said, a reason to tune into the show, a reason to say, okay, hey, I want to tune in and watch your stuff. Instead, you know, we're stuck with Asha in a no contest. And the week before that, it was a count out with Asuka. Now you're, in, you're inviting the idea of a, a secret underground fight club or whatever. I appreciate the effort. But have we not learned from our mistakes with the boxing versus boxers versus wrestlers or MMA versus wrestlers? That's just. That's putting the wrestlers in a box and a and in a bind. But you know, the, the teaser for a new faction. I don't know who it is, what. It's just one big unsolved mystery right now in WWE, and a lot of fans are flocking to AEW or Impact because WWE is uniform, and it's not bad to be uniform to a certain extent. But when people know what's going to happen or have a semblance thereof of an idea, that's not professional wrestling. That's like, okay, well, we're going to give them, we're going to give what we give on paper to the fans. That's complete bullshit. What you, I shouldn't say you because that's singling out one person. Even though I've called out a lot of the staff members in WWE for a reason. Like I said, I. Probably am not going to work for WWE because of all the crap that I've said about their show and lack thereof. It's not the talent's fault. The people who basically adhere to not just signing paychecks, but it's it's kind of like, okay, we're just going to give them a show because they're bored. They might watch it. That's a fucking horrible attitude to have. You say you know the people, you know the audience. Copying and pasting from what AEW did, an eye-for-an-eye match with Boxley and Santana or whoever the fuck, that's called wrestling. People or Shows and rival companies copy and paste each other all the time. It's how you present it. So, you know, Seth completely take Rey Mysterio out. Mm-hmm. That's the only interesting part of WWE Raw right now. And now we're forced and subjected to Sasha Banks and Bayley. Bayley, who doesn't strike me as the greatest heel ever, she just comes off as, uh, oh, I'm going to try this concept out because I won't get a paycheck unless they see me trying to act like Barney Badass, right? Or Bayley Badass, my bad. All these allergies are fucking killing me. But anyways... Shoving talent down fans' throats, that depends because 
that they were truly shoving Bailey and Sasha down our throats, which kind of feels like it. I mean, look who Sasha's gone up against. Two prominent names formerly from NXT. They're all formerly of NXT, with the exceptions of a few, okay? Sasha Banks, her credentials are as follows. Five, four, five-time Raw Women's Champion now. Um, Two-time WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. Uh, her credentials are there. It's just the entertainment value. I mean, she could really pull off being a heel with her eyes closed. It's just her attitude. This is what bugs me. They don't have anybody else that can come up from NXT UK or SmackDown Live. They don't want to run the risk of spreading COVID. I'm not discounting their belief system and the fact that they want to keep people safe and they want to run the show how they want to run it. However, it's my job and other people's job as cynicists or as I want to call critics who seem to be never satisfied. No, I'm a critic who wants to see WWE and other companies do better than what they're doing right now. I mean, look, could I run a wrestling company? Everyone and their mother is going to say, oh, yeah, I could run a wrestling company. The fucking truth is, nope. And then some people would say, well, then why do you make comments? Well, I make comments because if you – this is what bothers me. People say, we want your feedback. We want you to give us helpful feedback so that we can improve our product. Do you know what that sounds like to me, folks? hearing that through both my ears, you want help suggesting for your show to get better. If there wasn't an outbreak, some people would be fired. If you're asking that question, my friend, was it Lenny? Where are you from? Modesto, California. Lenny from Modesto. So you're asking me if I owned the WWE, what would I do differently? I'm going to start from the ground up. Who's running creative? Who's producing? Because the content is the fucking problem. That's The stories need to have feuds that actually last and stories that aren't all over the place and just, you know, not sequentially making sense. Some of it doesn't have to. But other parts of professional wrestling need to coincide with one another because if it doesn't, what you have on your hands is now, well, it's a pile of crap. Is what it is. You have Ruby Riot. All of a sudden, you can't find Liv Morgan. All of a sudden, she comes back. So either they're taking themselves and putting themselves in quarantine because of COVID, or they're just wanting to take a break. They want to enjoy. I don't blame them. And I'm not against the Riot Squad making a comeback. I'm not against the Iconics actually working matches. What do I not like? The fact that uh, Sasha and Bailey are getting you know, heavily involved in the main event. No. The issue is you have them going up against the likes of Asuka and Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax maybe. That was a fucking stupid suspension story that she's in right now. There's just a lot of question marks, like, why would you do things this way? Why can't you guys just straight up let the workers, let the wrestlers say how they feel within reason? Like, okay, you can just you know, say how you feel about them. Just let loose. Your character, you know, just get into the character, immerse yourselves, and be something that would be worth watching. Present something that should be worth watching for the fans. Because if not, I could sit here all night and articulate, like, okay, well, you guys could do this better. You guys could do it. I'm fucking sick and tired of saying this every single goddamn week about WWE Raw. I watch half the show maybe because I'm thinking, well, okay, maybe there's going to be some decency. There was. There was Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins bit and Samoa Joe getting involved. So, I mean, there's some positives about this show. It's just in bits and pieces. Even me, the annoying optimist, has found that when watching WWE, there are people 
that are going to completely disagree with what I saw and said, man, you're completely blunt, but you're missing facts. And I'm like, what are those facts? You know, my friend, who I've been friends with him, 2011. Facts further than, yeah, let's see here, 2010, maybe 2011. But this guy will sit there and say, I think it's a wonderful concept. I think it's great. You know, their show's going to be in the shitter anyways. This guy, like I said, there's, it's good to have an opposing viewpoint when it comes to anything, not just professional wrestling, but sometimes I would sit back and listen to uh, WWE, those um, yeah, those Missouri guys, WWE Kansas City reviews. And a part of me wants to say, well, you need an object, another objective point of view to make things go right. Maybe WWE needs an outsider's opinion. They have plenty of that saying, you can do, you should do, you will do. That's the mistake we make because then someone, by stubborn sheer luck, would hear one of our shows and say, well, we're going to go against what they want. That's having a bad effect on business, man. The only thing keeping WWE afloat is, let's see here, their charitable contributions. No, maybe... Is it their WWE shop? Ding, 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 ding. Is it their shows, WWE Raw, SmackDown Live, hey, NXT? That's a sigh of relief. That's a sigh of barely. I mean, NXT is neck and neck with AEW on kind of a weekly basis, but now with certain people moving up, from NXT to the main roster during this time, it's like saying, well, you're not going very far. You're just, you know, moving a couple of arm lengths away from an actual fucking paycheck. And don't, don't get me wrong. Like I said, most of these guys, it's a dream to be working in a company like WWE. But when you have a show like tonight, it makes some of them probably wonder in their heads, like, are we getting, is there a payoff? Are fans really going to respond to what we present to them tonight? That's the thing. Some people forget. This is not about, from our point of view, and I've pointed this out with multiple guests on my show, some guys forget that fans are the reason why you work in that ring, right? Some of them are annoying as fuck and say, we paid your salary, you got a really shitty show. Well, to them, to that type of fan, fuck you. You don't know anything about the sacrifice that goes in, you know, time away from family. And if things were popping outside of COVID-19, they'd be on the road, they'd be away from their families, they'd be saying, I love you from FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. But what it boils down to is if you don't cater or pander to the fans, the ones who watch programming, even though it's a fucking drag sometimes to do, to sit there and actually watch WWE Raw and pay attention to whatever the fuck they're trying to present, it's hard to sit still. I mean, we all have our phones. We all get distracted. We all text our girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, doesn't matter, mistress, affair. I don't give a fuck. We all sit there and try to watch a show, and we can't. We can't. Some of us can't because three hours, I mean, I'll get up and get a glass of water or, you know, a snack. I'll come back, and I'm going to honestly tell you, the last time that I was captivated by Raw was, ooh, Probably have to go back into the archives and figure out which Raw made good old Brian Reynolds a happy camper, or fans for that matter, happy campers. We are spoiled bitches. We, you know, some of us will admit we were spoiled back in the 90s. We had decent here and there in WWE Raws. SmackDown Live, you know, came along in 99. And let me just inform you all of something SmackDown Live depends on the uh, flavor of show they give you, it, it just 
it's all like along the lines of okay, which show is going to present their best showcase? Who's going to unveil their treasure of a show tonight? And it's like playing the theme from Jeopardy. But the problem is, it's like waiting in an elevator that never seems to have the doors go open. And you're not free to roam around the ideas and concepts. You're just like, okay, so now you're introducing a fight club to us tonight, okay? The 24-7 championship is still and will always be the worst substitution for the hardcore championship. It's nothing. It's all just roll-ups. Schoolboys, you know, drop to your ass, grab one, two, three. And roll. Make sure you secure. That title is basically if you don't know how to do a schoolboy or if you don't know how to pin somebody or cheat or use anything that's not nailed to the floor, wait, they don't do that. They don't do that whatsoever for that title. That title is like, I am the Intercontinental Champion, bro. That title actually means something. Which titles, you know, now that we're on the subject of championships, um, very seldom have we had championships defended on a live show. That's a lie. There's been a lot of title defenses. Just the title matches have to end to coincide with a feud, and it has to be a build. There has to be a build. I don't think some understand that Sasha Banks and Asuka back in NXT would have ended in a massacre. And the person performing said massacre would be Asuka. And now, if I was the booker, I'd say it's not going to be a squash, but I do, I would like to see, you know, an exchange of kicks, headbutts, whatever the fuck you got out your arsenal, and just show it. Bring it all out in the open. Give the crowd a few teasers, you know. Sasha puts her feet on the ropes or has Bailey give her brass knuckles, something, because beating Asuka by a count out, that really irritates me because as a fan of their prior careers and then seeing them on main, of course you got the story they have to tell. I understand that concept. I just want one where it's like, okay, this actually makes sense. In some regard, I don't care if it's just one match out of, like, three, because that's what Raw seems to average is three matches per night or four. Surprisingly, I mean, they had all action tonight, and it's like, this is not what we meant by starting to start up, you know, something new. A new concept is something in wrestling that seems to be, you know, misunderstood. All the fans are going to pop for this. I hate hearing those words. Oh, the crowd will pop. They don't have a crowd, Johnny. That's why I've been trying to tell you all it is very extremely difficult as a heel to get up on in the ring, say your piece, and then you're some booze and you're in the, the canned heat that they added uh, to the shows with SmackDown Live and WWE Raw. But it's very difficult is a heel and a baby face to present a show without crowd reaction. You want to know why? Because some people, like Bailey, will only exude some reactions from the up-and-coming NXT stars and the people at home who sit there and say, is she for real? I mean, in a sense, I talked to somebody very close to me, and they said that... Um, What it looks like, you know, Bailey screams the personality trait of a baby face. Because no matter what you do to her look, to, you know, repackage her, she screams out loud, I am a good guy. I am a goody two-shoes. Sasha, that's a life of a heel, man. Doesn't matter if you turn her face or not. She's not a tweeter. Becky Lynch. If she was involved in, you know, 
God bless your soul, man. She's going to have a child. She's going to have a family. I, I just want to say, you know, she could be either or because she knows how to adapt. There are certain workers, there are certain, let me see, there, let me repeat that. There are certain wrestlers that can pull off being good or bad and no one will give a flying fuck. Charlotte Flair is one of those people because her presence and the way that she presents herself in matches and the way that she commands attention in the room when she speaks on the microphone. Sure, I mean, yes, fans will complain and bitch. You know, she's going to follow in daddy's footsteps and win the championships. She's a flair. She's got lineage. That's not the only reason why I like her. In some regards, I still there's still some parts of me that says, mm, sometimes it's a little too much, but at least better than nothing, folks. Better than what's being presented on TV by certain women in the division. Naomi, if I'm going on down the list, Naomi, and, I mean, she's always going to be that baby face unless something comes along or something comes up and turns into, you know, a heel that, you know, we could uh, learn to hate. It's very hard to hate Naomi. Overall, man, you're asking me that question, WWE as a whole, there's some cracks in the foundation. And that's, you know, certainly because, every, like I said, everything feels uniform, and you have to take into account the audience that they have there's nothing but, okay, 46, maybe 48% Karens. My kid tried a pile driver on my lawn. Well, Karen, there's a disclosure on the website. Says, Please do not try this at home. But the audience that they are presenting this shit to, especially if you're showing a fight club and a 24-7 championship and the Hurt Business comes through and then there's a new faction, it's just the, to sum it all up, Keep it simple, stupid. You don't want to overcomplicate shit for your fan base. Why? Because a 1.9 rating in any show is pretty... That's like if PBS was to have a symphony or a CBS, my bad, was to have a symphony and it featured a musician who's kind of past their prime. Some people may tune into it for the simple fact that we have fandoms here in America that you wouldn't fucking believe. And I'm going to take a break from the ranting and raving. I'd just like to give a shout-out to all my listeners in Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Germany, what's up, Toronto, Canada, Montreal, Sydney, Brisbane, everyone in Australia, you know, all the shit that you guys are going through, COVID-19, from my own fans in Brazil, all my fans in Tokyo, Everybody, all in the good United U.S. of A. What's up? Love you all. Thank you all for listening to me in this in these crazy terminal times or turbulent times. My bad, my vocabulary is a bit off tonight, folks. But with under twelve minutes left, we're gonna do some advertisements. If you would like to attend the Monster Factory, which is now currently open, please look. For the guidelines and new rules concerning the Monster Factory, you can visit them at www.monsterfactory.org. You can visit them through, their, through the phone. There's, a, there's an app. There's a website. Please visit the website. Do not email the office at certain hours, but if you have any questions, look at the emails directly attached to the Monster Factory on www.monsterfactory.org. Danny Cage is the owner, head trainer, coach, that Monster Factory was responsible for training people such as Seamus, Matt Riddle, who else? Steve Cutler, Gabby Martinez, Cody Vance, Mike Dobbs. The list goes on and on. This school is better known as world famous, in quote, world famous. I've been to Danny's camp twice. If you have any questions or, you know, comments, concerns, invest in yourself today. Become a professional wrestler, manager, referee. And, yes, 
professional wrestler. I just said that. Monsterfactory.org. Check them out today. Check out their mini docs on YouTube. It's well worth it. Check out their apps. It's located on Apple iTunes or Google Play. I don't know if Danny's still doing birthdays or something. They're holding off for COVID-19, but there are some new rules and regulations and guidelines concerning attending the school and practicing social distancing, which is a thing. So, for the love of Pete, man, I'm going to say it for there's many schools in professional wrestling, but none as precise and as good and as sincere as Monster Factory in Paulsburg, New Jersey. The instructions, and there's, you can look it up in your GPS, man. That's all you got to do. Up, oh, you can go to Eventbrite. If you are flying from out of town, please, please wear a mask on the plane. I know it's a pain in the ass, but just hear me out. Just get one of the N95s. Those are pretty hard to come by. eBay. eBay is a great place for that, man. If you have any questions, Wrestle underscore radio. Like I'm answering some of the questions right now. That's Wrestle underscore radio. If you want to later on download this app and share it to your friends and share it to their other friends, I'd be much appreciated. We're almost at, right here on Wrestle Radio Network. We're almost to 6,000 listens. We thank you for supporting us over the last Let's see, I've taken over four years. That's pretty cool, man. Four years. So, Angel Fishes. What needs to improve in a major way with WWE Raw? We've said, I've said this even with Granny Holster on here. There needs to be less talking. There needs to be stories that make fans want to go, holy shit, I'm going to tune in to you. AEW, I'm still critical of because of their women's division, but, you know, outside of that, there really is nothing bad other than, you know, trying to replicate certain things, putting out a a hell of a show because, you know, certain some people are afraid to think outside the box get outside their comfort zone. If people complain, you know what? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Who fucking cares? If they complain about what their child does, then that's on you, not the WWE or AEW. So my answer to your question is what if, you know, they get in trouble with the FCC? Well, I mean, AEW did because they had Sammy Guevara make that comment about Sasha Banks um, four years ago on a podcast about possibly, you know, making the comment, she's so fucking fine, I would rape her. Aside from that, you know, they really made a comeback. Look at all the former stars from WWE that are just spreading out. You've got the Good Brothers and Impact Wrestling, Heath Slater, and Impact Wrestling. Oh, let's see. A lot of good former indie stars in AEW, like Brian Cage. I mean, it may have been a one-time appearance, but War Horse. There's just a lot. Jake Pardo. There's a lot of up-and-comers, but to each their own, man. I want to see WWE, do a complete 180 and just start ripping everyone a new half and proving everyone wrong, saying, why do we need to prove everyone wrong? Maybe you should just pay attention to the show. Again, that's where they make the mistake is trying to do the opposite of what the fans would like to see. And you don't pander to your audience. I've driven this point home, too. You're going to lose a lot of people. Like, their lowest rating, folks, was, what, 2.8? Actually, no, it was 2.1. So we're back to, like, recycling a whole lot of things in professional wrestling. One of those is the ratings are low. So that's, like, the lowest possible rating was 1995 on the ratings, I should say, 95 and 96. 
97 was when shit started picking up and things started getting more interesting. Vince came on the TV and said, we are going to go a different route. There will no longer be a family-friendly show. Stuff will be R-rated. We will be a little bit more of an edgier program. So on and so forth. We will you know, impose a new era, an era of attitude. Every, you know, every so often when shit doesn't work, Vince finds a creative measure and he, he runs with it. So my only question to the company as a whole is, what's taking so long? You guys have the tools, but you're not taking them out to use. You got McIntyre, you got Orton, Big Show, where at your disposal? Because, I mean, he comes in and out every single two weeks. Or he's he's been there for a while. He says that stuff's gonna pay off, yeah, because he's getting paid. I'd be saying the same positive things about the company that I didn't want to be a part of for a very long while too. Point is, folks, some of these guys, yeah, they're doing it for the money, they won't tell you that. At autograph sessions is the wrestler gonna sit down and say yeah, I'm glad we're not doing what you guys want. Screw you all. I'm making money and you aren't. I don't think so. They do what they're told, and in some ways, is it good for you to be as unique as you can as a gimmick and then you have to fall in line? That's just, that's the lay of the land, man. That's the lay of the land from where are you from? Dover, Delaware? Wow. Dover, Delaware, cool. The way the backstage words look depends on the backstage you're in and type of backstage. If you're in a professional level at anything in professional wrestling or sports, the lingo that goes on, it's just like normal conversation. When the cameras hit, that's when everybody should be laser focused and ready to go. Everyone, that's not the problem. People are laser focused. They're just... There's no stories being presented. There's no rivalries that are going to be like, oh, yeah, cool. The only thing capturing my attention right now is Rey Mysterio's son challenging someone at, at SummerSlam. Oh, interesting. And Dominic's not a bad, doesn't look bad, you know, from the last few times I've seen him get involved. Anyways, folks, what's going to happen next week? No one knows. It's all on the line, so... Hoping against hope, we are in the middle of fucking chaos right now with COVID-19. At least baseball is a nice slight distraction outside of wrestling. Um, so, yeah, we're it's going to be a work in progress for WWE. And I don't know if their ship is going to sink or not, but I, I'm hoping and praying, though. Because you need... We as wrestling fans, whether you love or you say you used to love WWE not as much because of AEW or you kind of like AEW but you're really into Impact, just understand, man, we're all fans. And how I'm going to answer that question is I don't favor one thing you were a wrestling company. I just look at, okay, did you give me and other, did you give others and I a show? Plain and simple. So, that being said, to the bitches, I have to go to sleep. It's better feeling a touch of old school with, with the outro. If you didn't like the good old Brian Earl had to say that I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. DJ, hit that tune. It's a good. Up in life, he just wants to be heard. Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so 
and like everybody else alone In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know him But fuck him, he knows the code It's not about the salary, it's all about reality And making some noise, making a story Making sure his click stays up That means when he puts it down, talks picking it up Let's go Who the hell is he anyway? He never really talks much Never concerned with status, but still even in trust With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.